Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 5, Episode 5. Derek Leininger and I do a quick recap of the initial indoor meet, some promotion for our future indoor meets, talk things to watch in the track season, and Derek's current project. Cue the Derek Leininger theme music. Colin Altaville, Derek Leininger, we're going to do a check-in here, talk about the Indiana Runner Indoor Meets, and get uh, Dr. Leininger's thoughts on the track season, and then maybe a bit of an announcement here toward toward the end. Uh, okay, Derek, we've had one meet. How, how did that meet go, do you think? We've had one Indiana Runner Indoor Meet, two to go. We just had the one at Taylor the Indiana runner opener. What'd you think? Uh, well, first, did I get any, did I get any walk-up music? I, I didn't hear. Did I get oh, uh, it's post-production? Okay. All right. I just want to make sure I got that. Is that, that, uh, Warren, yeah, you know, all the, the Derek Leininger theme music is, is yes, alive okay. and well. So, yeah, so we've had one, we've had one track meet to answer your question. Um, I thought it went really well. So it, this is me. We've hosted a number of times. We usually get about, you know, 600, 700 entries. We kind of thought we'd have something similar this year. We end up having 1,100 entries. So indoor track is alive and well in Indiana, um, as evidenced by our, our first meet. We redesigned it a little bit this year to showcase some of the younger athletes. We did last year's meet. We had all ages of, you know, we're all welcome to join. But then it's kind of weird to see an 8-year-old and an 18-year-old up against each other in the same, same race. Right. So we kind of redesigned it this year, gave the youth their own separate session in the morning and then the high school athletes in the afternoon. And um, that made it really, that made it a much better event, I thought. Um, gave the gave the younger kids a chance to run against athletes their own age, which which is less intimidating, I think, for new runners. Yeah, that was your idea. And we had, how many, did you say what the number was just at the youth meet? How many entry, entries? About, about 300, yeah. And it's, yeah, I'm interested to see because we're doing the same format on uh, next Saturday. So it was Friday night. We'll probably publish it Saturday morning. So eight days from when we're recording it. Now that's going to be at IPFW. And so um, I'm interested to see, do we maybe have more entries because it's in a, you know, a, a much bigger city in Fort Wayne? Or is there maybe fewer entries because Taylor is almost the perfect distance between the two population centers of the of the state. You got a prediction on that? I I don't know. Eleven hundred is kind of a hard number to to go past. Um, if I had to predict, I think it's going to be a little bit smaller, but I still think it's going to be a really good competitive meet. But out of a couple of highlights out of our out of our Taylor meets last week, so you know we so we show, we showcased the youth meet. There were three. In particular, three youth performances that I thought were impressive to me. Um, girl 1600, uh, an athlete, eighth grader from Indian Springs Middle School, the hometown of Derek Leininger. Do you, do you still have any school records there? No, I, I have my last one broken this spring after 20 years. So I'm, I am now a never was, which, which is okay, which is okay. Um, nice. 
So, some like, would say you you always were. Yeah. I never was. I always was and never was. That's right. So uh, this eighth grade girl, Kenya Leach, um, 515, pretty much all by herself, led the whole way. That's phenomenal for an eighth grade girl in January, by the way, if, if you're not following along. Um, another seventh grade girl, uh, Kennedy Riggins is her name. She ran 104 in the, in the 400. Ooh. She goes to middle school in Pike Township. Um, by the way, that would have competed to win the high school race later in the day. And then um, this eighth grade boy, he goes to Fall Creek Junior High, which is an HSC feeder. So watch out, Colin. This, uh, this kid, Mason Schmitz, he ran 53.77 in the 400. He's an eighth grader. Um, word on the street is he ran 52 low tonight. Eighth grader running 52 low. Seventh grade girl running 104. Eighth grade girl running 515. Like legit, legit middle school track runners. I am, I'm going to look this up. The name Mason Schmitz sounds familiar. I think I'm going to verify it before. Yep. Okay. So he was the, um, the county cross country champion as a seventh grader. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this dude's got range. Like he's, he's already run 52 in the 400. He's a county cross country champion. Um, he might own you for the next four years. I'm just throwing that out. He might, he might own Camelton County. I, I think that he's also a very good basketball player. Nobody cares about basketball in Indiana. Um, well, I, I think that's a really viable option, actually, in this case. <laughs> that was blasphemy 50 years ago. <laughs> so the next one's going to be in Fort Wayne. You want to talk about that one? Yeah. So actually, can, can I mention a few high school performances I thought were really good as well? Sure. Sure company. As well, okay. So we, we own it together. Um, so Grace Bragg, Cathedral Senior, ran 513. Um, she's an athlete that has gone through a lot of injuries, I think, throughout her career. I think just now as a senior is kind of showing just how good she really is. Caden Click, you know this guy, Noblesville. Mm -hmm. He was a podium guy in cross country. 423 in January, 200-meter flat track. That's no joke. Like, that's a really good season debut for Caden. Um, obviously, we all know Addison Canablo, 222, 1048, double. Um, the Homestead Junior is, a, is an elite, elite and she had, a, she had a swim meet that morning, I heard. Right. So, yeah, she she, was, she came up, back up from North, uh, from Indianapolis, North Central, that a swim meet, and then on the way back home, she's like, oh, I'll do a 222-1048 double. No big yeah. deal. Okay. Yeah, the the, uh, the uh, rare 800-3200 double. <laughs> I, I've, I never did that. I, I, I never put those two wow. together. We'd still be waiting for you to finish the second event. Well, that's not true. I wasn't, I, I wasn't that bad, okay? All right, so then, but the field events on Saturday in the high school meet were, were great. Um, Kaya Crook went 5'8 in the high jump. She was a state runner-up last year. I think she was, I think she was 5'10 and a half, 5'10 and 3'4", something like that last yeah. year in the national meet. She's one of the state's best athletes. I, I think she had qualified maybe for four events individually for HSR. Um, or either that or, or, you know, she was on multiple relays and then three she'd individual be, events. Maybe small school. Yeah, that makes sense. She, she was a heritage Christian. So mm. um, pole vault, if you watch the pole vault, I wasn't over there most of the time, but um, we had two <laughs> girls over 12 feet. 
three boys over 14 feet. Those were obviously really good pole vault performances. There were so many entries into the pole vault. Yeah, there the pole so vault. much entrance interest in the vault. We started the pole vault at noon and finished it at 7 p.m., which was by the same time we finished our running event. So the pole vault literally lasted the entire meet. Yeah. It was the, by far the longest event of the day. And it was the, the obviously, we, we, I shouldn't say obviously, I mean, there were certain events that, that we didn't contest at the youth meet for safety reasons. Right. And one of them was the vault. Yeah. Now, there, there could be a, right, a 12, 13, 14-year-old vaulter. Yeah, um, I think. And, and there probably were some at the, at, the high, at the open meet, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there were a couple middle schoolers that know what they're doing, have, you know, have been coached, that sort of thing. But the, uh, we, just, we the don't want to 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 grab a, a pole. Right, just to try it out. See what happens. Cause yeah, not on our watch. I do know what, I do know what will happen, and I don't, I don't want that for that young person. Uh, but the 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 age in rate or the range of ages in the pole vault was I mean this was not just high school only there were there's just a lot of people interested and it's it is a big thing especially in northern Indiana yeah I don't for for years there has been Fort Wayne has been one of the the hotbeds of pole not just in you know high school pole vault but um, adult competitions I mean there's like there's street like street festivals will sometimes have like a street vault which is which is unique it's not something that happens in you know most places in the country where a bunch of dudes in their 50s who are you know like professionals are like let me yes. throw up some spandex and pull vault 14 feet like that's just that's not common but it, it has been common it, for it, yeah it is where we grew up yeah so they're out um, on those streets so we the pole vault streets of Fort Wayne, that's what we call it. <laughs> uh, actually, I live in a cold so I should I can't I can't speak like that. All right, so um Abram Stitt, the Delta senior who was third last year in the long jump, opened up and popped a 22 foot, 22 feet and one quarter inch to be exact. Um Tajana McKenzie, she's a North, Fort Wayne Northside senior, went 19-1 and three fourths in the long jump, which by the way would have won the state finals last year because if you like in girls long jump, if you hit night, if you hit eighteen, you're really good. Like you're, you're probably right. going home with the medal at the state finals. If you go nineteen, now we're talking about winning. So we had two, two potentially of, of the best one boy one girl long jumper in the state. The shot put was insane. Um, Luke Himes yeah. was sixty-four. That past sixty-four, which I was told was the number two time in the U.S. so far this uh, number two performance in the U.S. so far this year, and then. Colin Wilson went 61-10, who was a state runner-up last year, and obviously he's really good. So I think we'll see Himes and Wilson with some more shot put battles here throughout the, the rest of this season. But yeah, I thought our I thought our high school meet was really good. I thought particularly the, the field events were really good in our first meet Saturday. So you and I, you know, said mentioned earlier we own we own the company, right? Indiana Runner is a business, and uh, it's it's content and it's events essentially. Um, and you've talked about this in the past that the we don't make money off of the content. We do the content to provide coverage, positive promotion of the sport and of the, the high school kids. And the way to support Indiana Runner is to go to our events. Um, so you and I were working working the events. The shot put was my was was one of the things that I did. I did some clerking, and then you were the meat manager. 
And um, my main role when those two guys came up was that I had to go behind the barrier and play defense because they, we got the bar- we got the uh, barrier 70 feet back from the uh, ring. And if you throw it indoor shot, 60 feet, there's a chance that it could bounce and go over the barriers. And uh, yeah, I stopped, I stopped, stopped a couple of them. No, no big deal. Did you stop all of them? Uh, I stopped the ones that went over the barrier. Yes. Okay, I, was gonna I stopped all of them that went over the barrier eventually. The, the one did wreck the girls 400, but I stopped the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that reminds me of, uh, of an old video of gutter, gutter balls, Colin. Just wait till you see him play defense. <laughs> was, I was the I was the defensive specialist for the shot put. <laughs> and on lockdown, I was like Scotty Pippen. Uh, what about uh, what are you looking forward to for the next one in in Fort Wayne and in, in another week? Yeah, so I just actually did a walkthrough tonight um, at PFW with uh, you know with the administrator in their athletic office and kind of checked it out. It's it's an awesome facility. Um, it re- it really is. I, is it is it maybe the best indoor facility in the state? I mean, it's a flat track. It's a flat track. Um, it rivals the best. The 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 only reason I would say I wouldn't give it a slam dunk yes is because um, the bleachers are opposite of the home stretch, which is kind of a it's kind of a, a different setup. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like in terms of like straight up facility, it's really good. It's it's new. Um, it's got plenty of space. I mean, we're gonna be able to do the we'll we'll do field events, running events simultaneously. Um, it's it's a great it's a great venue. And shout outs because it's my alma mater, my alma mater, baby. So Dons. I, uh, yep. So back when there used to be, an, I did, you know what they say? There's no I in PFW. There was when I went there. So I don't know what you <laughs> want to do with that, but I just thought of that on the spot. So it's kind of clever. Yeah, normally you have to bring your daughter on to tell jokes, but it sounds like you've <laughs> <laughs> you're a little fresher because uh, school got canceled. What twice for you guys this week? Yeah, we were out Wednesday and Thursday, so I was I was working from home both days. Did you do a delay today? We had delay today, yeah. So I haven't done a full day, a full normal day at school since Tuesday, which I'm all right. I, I feel I do feel fresh now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's it's a really nice facility. I mean, if it was, I suppose you know Bloomington isn't exactly centrally located. Now Bloomington has the bank track, but yeah. I you know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate I wouldn't hate IPFW as as the HSR finals place. It's, a, it's it really is nice. Yeah, but it's but it's PFW, so that's the thing. Oh yeah, that's I guess that's why we can't have it there then. I uh, yeah, and we're I was thinking about this. I mean, we're we're really there are quite a few nice indoor facilities in Indiana. In in Fort Wayne in particular, so. Um, a little bit, a little bit of humble brag, although not so humble. So, you know, PFW is, is a phenomenal track. Turnstone, which is a um, facility designed for like um, athletes with, with physical limitations. It's an oversized track. It's like 230 some meters. Um, Indiana Tech has hosted a lot of meets there. That's kind of been their home facility for years. Now they, have, then, their, they have their own, right? But Indiana wait Tech for it. Indiana Tech just built their state-of-the-art indoor facility on their own campus. So now Fort Wayne, which is, you know, a decent sized city for Indiana, but, you know, fairly modest in the grand scheme of things, has three 
really good indoor track facilities. So not to mention great. what Trine is an hour away. Trine, yeah, Trine's a little about 40, about 45 minutes from my house, Trine, and then um, Taylor's in an hour. Indiana so, Wesleyan, maybe an hour. Yeah, Indiana Wesleyan is a little more than an hour for me, but pretty, yeah, pretty similar. So there's a lot of really good indoor facilities within an hour of my house for those who care. At least, at least one of us on this on this Zoom call right now. <laughs> so the one the one big difference we're going to make with the PFW meet next uh, Saturday from what we did last week was we're moving shot put and pole vault to ten o'clock. One with the pole vault just to make sure we can get through it before they kick us out of the facility. And two with the shot put. One of the things we noticed was how how because well, when when you have guys throwing the shot put sixty some feet like you don't want to be doing that in a super crowded space. So we're going to, we're going to do the shot put at 10, which would be kind of in the middle of the youth meet, but there's far fewer athletes during the youth mm -hmm. meet than it will be during high school. So it'll just alleviate some of that congestion around, you know, 12 to one as we're getting ready for the high school meet. So we're making a couple changes there, which I think will help with just the overall flow of the meet. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much the same format other than that showcasing the youth in the morning, high school in the, in the afternoon, um, trying to give everybody a chance to compete. The, the one of the things I and I was when I was a coach, Colin, he said, "Hey, Derek, what's your favorite season to coach?" My answer would have been, "Right now, whatever season we're in right now." So like right now would be indoor track because I always thought indoor track is its own separate season. We would run a lot of indoor track meets. We really put you know emphasis on that because if you're if you're training out there in November, you're like, "Hey guys, let's train in November so we can really cash these checks in April." Like that's hard for a teenage kid to to like really get excited about. But if you're like, hey, we're gonna be training, and also the, our first meet's in January, and we're not gonna train for that meet, but we're gonna, you know, we're gonna run. We usually run like two or three club meets, and then all the HSR stuff. I always thought it was great for as a coach for our kids to have a structured indoor season, I'm and it really about. and the weather inside is always good. Like you don't you don't ever be like, man. I would have had my PR, but that indoor wind, man, it caught me. Or man, those those thunderstorms in that indoor field house just rained us out today. Like that doesn't happen. You always have. Ideas. Well, there was the year we were going to have the meet and the pipe burst. We had to move it. <laughs> at this facility, actually. So, yeah. so don't uh, don't jinx us on that one. But um, but yeah, the it, I, I always love just how ideal it is, how controlled it is. Um, yeah, indoor tracks awesome what uh what's our outlook for the showcase meet so that's we're what three weeks away from that yep so we're going back to wabash college we we traditionally have had the meet there since uh, probably early 2010s mm -hmm. um two years ago obviously we didn't have anything because that was covid like all the covid restrictions there was no 2021 there was no such thing as indoor track for for most of us um last year we still had some COVID restrictions. We had a workaround, so we ended up having the showcase meet um, at a different venue, which was great, and they were very gracious hosts. But we're going back to Wabash, which has always been a really good facility. Um, so we're, we're excited to go back there. The, the cool thing about that meet is by that point, so we're talking about like the third Saturday in February, by that point, like everybody's in, everybody started getting pretty good shape, and we usually see some really hot races mm -hmm. in that, that showcase. So it's always fun for me. And you think about HSR, if you're like a long sprinter or a mid-distance guy, your only options are at the HSR are on relay. There is no open two, four, eight, sixteen. 16. Right. So unless you're a two-miler or a 60-dash, 
your best options are on relay. So that's really, if you're a miler or any hundred runner or quarter miler, that's your best chance to pop, you know, like your indoor PR is at that showcase meet before you get into the, you know, the HS, HSR season. The next sure. And last year, I mean, it just felt like it was like a transition year, right? So 2020, no outdoor track. 2021, no indoor track. 22, we had the meets, but the numbers, the turnout was a little down um, of normal. But it seems like, I mean, if our first meet is any indication, like there's a lot of interest now. And that, you know, there, there were more entries, I think, at the Taylor meet for the high school meet than there were for both of the showcase meets combined last year. Yeah. And we always get better turnout at the showcase meets, you know, later in the season and the official season has started, but the competition window hasn't. So it's not like you need to get a waiver or anything. You can just kind of show up and, and tell your kids it's two weeks. Uh, is it two? No, it's one weekend to the official official start of the season so I, right. I i think it could be really competitive yeah i think so too we may be there for a long time we don't mind for a high level of competition and good turnout yep good night caroline is that my name oh uh no i was talking to caroline actually uh all right the indoor season is afoot but after the indoor season is the, the official track season, which does in Indiana, uh, sometimes this, this probably deserves an explanation. Um, this is this is what Julia Lana would say, who's run the coaches, who's run the coaches association for maybe not technically as the president, but is she's essentially run the coaches association since you started coaching, right? Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I don't I don't follow this association that much, but if she's still running it, then yes, that's correct. She yeah, she. She's not, I don't think she's technically the president, but she's she's still um, she's certainly setting up the clinic, which will be next weekend. So I'm it's kind of like how Jimmy Jones isn't technically coaching the Cowboys, kind of like that. Well, technically nobody's <laughs> coaching the Cowboys now. So do you, do you say Jimmy Jones? Do you mean Jimmy Johnson or Jerry Jimmy Johnson? Jones? That's what I meant. Did I say Jimmy Jones? You said Jimmy Jones, which is just a combination of the owner and the old coach. Um, so the indoor season. There's these indoor kind of club meets, and then there are indoor meets in which you do represent the school. Those are school meets, but the IHSA only recognizes a track season and doesn't differentiate between indoor and outdoor. So the HSR finals is technically just an invitational that you have to qualify for presented by the coaches association. That's how, that's how she would explain the, the season. So there's no indoor outdoor it's not like a kid can say i'm not going to do indoor track to say well we have a meet this weekend it happens to be indoors and if you're going to be on the team this is you know this is our meet um after that will be the outdoor portion of the season what are three things to watch for this track season according to you derek leininger founder of indiana runner oh can four. i give you can i give you four can i give you a bonus sure all right number one Remember when CDs would have a certain amount of tracks and then they would just have a bonus track at the end that wasn't listed? Yeah. That was crazy. That, that was, those were crazy times. Okay, so four. One, my man Cole Matheson. Not sure if you're familiar with him. 404, 859 double last year in the state meet. State champ, national champ, cross country. I'm curious to see how he runs this spring. Because I think he's by by far and away the best distance runner in Indiana. 
this year. Not even close. Um, but without without anybody else in that same, like, can anybody else run, you know, 402? Can anybody else run high 840s? Like, I think, like, I think Cole could. I don't know. Probably not. But how fast can he run? So that's number one. My man Cole. You probably you probably think he's you probably think he's on your side too. All right, second. Uh, yeah, I'll keep you updated. <laughs> second. Did I, did I text you about his workout yesterday? No. It was pretty good. You gonna shout it out on the air here? Uh can I can I guess what it was? Tell no. me tell me what the tell me what the workout was. I'll tell you how fast he ran. Uh he did two well the so the monon was like snowed out. Okay. And so we, we ran, we ran on it. Like it was fine to run, but you wouldn't want to do it like a workout. And he was going to do, um, two by two miles. So he did on the treadmill with oh. a mile jog in the middle. I don't, I don't, I don't guess treadmill times. Okay. Well, there you go. Just, just, you as a, just as a, as a principal, okay. as, yeah. as an as, elementary as, principal <laughs> and on principal with an LE as well. I don't. <laughs> I don't mess with treadmills. Okay. Okay. So, number one, old King Cole. Number two. Old King Cole. Number two. The shot, the boy shot put. Himes and Wilson. Dude, like it's gonna be nuts. Like we it's funny because our very first meet of the year were like, this could th- this could be cool. Turns out it was. The go, dude's throwing 64 and 61 feet, making you play gutter balls defense out there so no, nobody gets hurt. It's like wow. Yeah, like, besides me, that is. Correct. Yeah, we we <laughs> You were you were like you were the uh, you throw some dude. some dummy out there. <laughs> like who who is expendable? Let's have Colin go stop those shot puts. <laughs> you don't have to use your head, but if you do, we won't worry about it. Okay. All right. So that's gonna be really good. That's number two. Number three, not sure if you thought about this. Girls high jump. Okay. I have not thought about this. Why don't you inform me? We so in Indiana State history, we've had five girls who have gone over six feet. It's like it is it is it's Mount Everest. Like it is Holy no ground. man's land, right? There's no, there's no oxygen up there. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm six feet tall. So I know there is, but I'm saying once you go above six feet, there's no more oxygen. Don't tell no. my guy, Taylor Marshall that he doesn't believe anybody <laughs> is six feet tall. He's like, no, no, no. You're like five eleven. I'm like, no, I'm, I've got measured with, with no shoes on. I'm six feet. He's like, no, no, no. You could have like, like Victor Wembanyama, who's seven, four. Taylor be like, nah, I don't, I don't, he might, he, he might be six feet. He's probably five eleven. Yeah. Okay. So we have two girls that could be six footers. Um, they both were five over five ten last year. Uh, I mean, so Nanenga and Crook. So Crook, we already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily Nanenga went five ten last year. I think she was state runner up, if I remember correctly. Um, then also think about six of the top ten girls in that event return, which is unusual for any event, either gender, mm-hmm. whatever the event. To have six of the top seven, including two who could be like all-time greats in the event. So girls high jump is just loaded. It's loaded deep and it's loaded up top. I hope it's in rarefied air. I hope, I hope we can see at least one, maybe two six foot performances this year from that crew. Okay. So that's three. Now we're on your, the bonus track. And your bonus, your bonus. Okay. And I'll talk about this more in a minute. I want to see four by four performances. I want to see, and we'll talk about it, but the past couple of years, girls and boys, have been, I don't know how to say this without offending people, has been bad. The four by fours have been so bad. Shallow. It has not been a deep, it's not been a deep pool. Well, that's what I mean. Like I'm, and, and, but nobody's been crazy fast either. Like there's been like the boys winner was 
317 and 318 have been the two wins the last two years, which are okay, but like that's not that's I mean that's not like anything out of the ordinary. Time, right? Yeah, like that's so I want to see, and we'll talk about it, like I said. So stick around because four by fours have been real bad recently, and I'm curious to see what happens this year. What have you been up to lately? What did you do over the summer? Did you go to did you go to Texas for anything? Yeah, so here, okay, so let me let me tell you one thing, okay? So as a segue. So the four, I'm convinced, Colin, that in the last few years. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to get, you've four, already convinced me. Why don't you tell the audience here? The audience, I will audience, if you're listening to me, I want you to hear me. The four by four is the weakest event in Indiana high school track and field. And I don't think it's really even very close. Here's my data, okay? I never, I never, I wrote a dissertation. I understand you can't make claims like this unless you back it up with data. Okay, so, let's hear it. I mean, you can, you just look foolish. And I, so the there's last, a website so, for that though. Have you ever heard of Twitter? <laughs> I've heard of it. I don't, okay. I don't know. I think it's probably a passing fad or it's being destroyed <laughs> from the inside out. I don't know. Um, so, so this past year, Colin, I'm going to, I'm going to just do some trivia with you. The number of teams in the boys four by four that have broke the broke 320 at the state meet. How many did it last year? One. One. How many did it two years ago? Two. Okay, so in the, I'm going to call the modern era since we've gone to IU in 2004. Okay, so like basically the past almost 20 years. I ran in that first state meet. You remember that? You were there. I was there. You were there. It was a good one. Okay, but that was a while ago. Yeah, I didn't run very well. Well, you ran better. You ran better better before that, but to get there. Okay, so. (laughs) That's true. You you had to. Um, (laughs) Really spin that positively. <laughs> you weren't all bad. So in wow. the in in the years preceding from 04 to 19, what do you think the average number of teams at the state meet has been to break 320? Six and a half. Six point four. Very good. Colin. Wow. That was like we did not do this. Ahead we of didn't time. do that. Six now, point, to six be three, fair, we talk about this a lot, but we have not gone over that exact stat. 6.375. In fact, in 2006, check this out. In 2006, the entire podium broke 320. Okay. Um, in 2010, which was the year that we won when I was coaching at Snyder, the top five guys were all under 318, like 317 mid to all the way down to we were like 316 low. Like, like the teams that have won the past couple of years, they wouldn't have even they would have even not have been in the top five in a lot of these state finals in that 04 to 19 era. I mean, and didn't, so didn't there like was, 323 score the last two years? I I'd have to look at the be, but like it's it was it is not. It is, it is a weak event right now. Why um, is I that? think I know why, but just, just statistically, just looking at it without any kind of judgment, well, maybe judgment, without any kind of, without any commentary, the 4x4 is in rough shape in Indiana, okay? Now, you're like, oh, that's just, you know, that's not a big, no, the girls are the same way. I mean, I'm so 350, so breaking 355 at the state meet, how many girls teams do you think did that last year? Did anybody? Did North Central? There were there were two. North yeah, Central and Carmel. Uh, North Central Carmel. Yes. I was trying to remember it, what we ran. We ran three four. We ran three fifty four. Uh, fifty three or fifty four. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, Shut two out. years ago, twenty one. How many teams broke three fifty five? One. One. Or none. Cathedral. Okay. 
In the same era we just talked about with the, with the boys, 04 to 19, what do you think the average number of teams breaking 355 was? 5.2. Okay. This 3.75, so not as high. But what my point is, it's the boys is a more obvious statistic, but the girls follows the exact same trend. And, and I, in, in 2021, I thought this is a post-COVID phenomenon, that it's a one-year thing. I don't think this is going to be the case moving forward. I am becoming more and more convinced, and that's why that's my bonus, my bonus thing I'm looking at this year. I'm becoming more and more convinced that it's not a trend. It's actually the result of really bad training, 400-meter training specifically in the state of Indiana. Um, and I think there's some different reasons for it, but I think a lot of coaches have bought into some of these newer, and I would call them fads because they, they, they don't produce results. They don't, they're, they're just enticing. But these fads that you can run short sprints, never run more than you know, 20 seconds, never let your athletes get tired, and they're going to be magically really good in the 400. And that's just scientifically false. It's bad science. And it's not showing on the track. It's, it's, and if, you, if you're going to say, oh, well, you know, everything's down since COVID, that's not true either. Okay. So if we look at, I would call. Cross country's not down. What's that? I said cross country's not down. Cross I mean, the last two down. years since, since COVID have been the and, strongest and sprints, two years. Sprints are not down. So like in the last two years, it's taken, it took, it took low to mid 42s to meddle in the four by one. And it took sub 49s to meddle in the girls four by one. So you can't say track is down because track is not down. There are a lot of girls teams running 47, 48. There's a lot of boys teams running 41s or 42 low. There's a lot of distance runners crushing it. The 400 specifically is just down. And it's evidenced by the four by four relay, that's the relay times at the state meet. And I don't know how else to say it, but it's not, I'm becoming more convinced it's not a post COVID thing. It is a poor training thing amongst coaches who coach 400 meters in Indiana. And that's, that's going to, that's sad. That's probably comes off rough, but that's my best explanation at the moment. How can we learn more? Okay. So, so to segue, so five minutes, five minutes total remaining. Oh man. Okay. So I got to go quick. I've only had two really good ideas as an adult. I made the, this is my second one. I made the first one into a book. I'm, I'm making the second one into a book. So when I yeah, was, coaching, was a good idea when I was, okay. So three, um, when I was coaching and I started coaching 400 meter runners, I was like, I want to, who is the best 400 meter coach in the world. And I want to figure out how to use what he's doing or she's doing, modify it down. The answer was obviously Clyde Hart. So Clyde Hart, Track coach at Baylor for over 50 years. Coach Michael Johnson, Jeremy Warner, years. Tanya Richard Ross. He coached 20. So if you're thinking, oh, well, Clyde Hart just coached really good Olympians. No, he didn't. He coached 20 NCAA 4x400 champions. And you, it would, you would almost, it would be like an unbelievably rare occasion that he didn't have an all-American 4x4. Like every single year for decades. Maybe like this, the John Wooden of... He College like track. Of, of that event, particularly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, 
So we looked up his stuff. We found out kind of what he did. We modeled it um, very quickly at Snyder. It turned out it turned into success. We were the state runner-ups in 09, state champs in 2010. I remember specifically you were on the broadcast that day. Um, Gee, I almost got fired. Oh, the, guy, the, guy, the guy that does the broadcast brings it up every year. That that uh, everybody was saying all that, the Fort Wayne yeah. tracks are all short. That's why these guys are running so fast in the 4x4, four four, which doesn't make in, any in sense. In hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have given so much credence to what people were putting on the Indiana Runner message board in 2009. Well, yeah, That's true. But so anyways, long story short, I, I, we find Clyde Hart stuff. We use it. It works great. Um, we, we had a lot of really good runners come out of come out of developed out of that program and we were like sub 320 all the time we took guys that didn't have a ton of talent we turned them into 51 second quarter milers um which you need a 51 second quarter miler on your on your third leg of the four by four and so it was great what i have seen in the past few years is so many coaches buying into this easy does it don't make them run too hard or too far and they're going to be really good and it's just not true it's not true in in almost any area of life, it is certainly not true in the 40 meter dash because after 40 seconds, you are out. You are out of energy. And if you have not trained properly, you are going to bite it hard on the home stretch and you're going to lose several seconds. Like, it, and that seems like an exaggeration. It is not. Like, dudes sometimes take well over 15 seconds to finish the last 100 meters of, of a, of a, 400 meter dash and they've been moving up to that point so i think i think there there needs to be a a renaissance of good 400 meter training and so last summer i actually um went out and met with coach hart he's uh he's retired but he still lives out in waco we spent a week together went over all of his stuff i've still been in kind of contact with him emailing texting him um and this summer or fall depending on how fast i can get this done we're going to come out with a book that it'll be, um, you know, his ideas and my ideas on high school 400 meter training. Okay. Kind of taking his program, modifying it to high school. Um, I'm really excited about it. Cause I think, I think it will help coaches and athletes do better in an event that I think has been very under trained in the, in the last few years. We're looking forward to it. All right. Real miscellaneous minute. Cause we're down to the last minute here. Uh, who wins the Stanley cup? You say Boston I say. Bruins, Boston Bruins. Okay, they Toronto Maple Leafs. And best defense in the league. All right, Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. We'll see. You're going with that again. This is our year. Their year. Uh, hey, thanks for coming on. And I will see you next week in our stomping grounds, my old stomping grounds, your current stomping grounds. I still live there. Not, yep. not at the university itself, but I still live here in Fort Wayne. Derek Leininger, you either love him, you hate him, or you think he's okay. Go, Hounds. Life and life. If you know like I know, you don't want to step to this. Been that yelling, it's a tad bit late. Nate Dogg and Warren G had to wreck.